Welcome to episode 131. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast. I am your host, Gail Davis. I will talk all things design from expectation to reality, from what to expect when working with designers as well as the trades. And from time to time, current events will seep their way into the conversation. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and listen. Okay, so we are back. Today is going to be a good episode. It is a conversation with Brooke Lang, who is out of Chicago, Um, my new BFF. I have lots of them. Um, just, I love when I connect with someone that's real, authentic and honest and just pure. We talk about her business, you know, she talks, you know, she questions like, how badly do you want to grow your business, your firm? Are you in the way of making your firm a success? Um, I love that she said, you cannot change what you cannot track, what you do not track. And it's so true because once I really started tracking my business, I was like, oh, okay. But I also hired, um, Monique Stemper of Stemper and Associates, who's just absolutely freaking amazing. And I know other people always talk about who, you know, their accountant and who handles their books. And I'm like, nah, she's everything. Like even today, I had to have a quick conversation with her regarding um, credits and what I owed a client and got me gathered and straight. And she's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what it is. And I, I know it because listen, math is not my strong suit. So yes. Um, I'm going to hand it over, but jumping back into this interview, sorry if there's a lot of noise. Um, you know, you cannot change what you do not track revenue generating leader. You cannot be the bottleneck. And she said, you know, you can't be the bottleneck in your business. And she said, that's what she found out what was happening with her. So without further ado, here is Miss Brooke Lang. And um, yeah, and congratulations to both Justins. No Justins, no peace. You know what I'm saying? Hello, Brooke, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on Design Perspectives. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Okay, listen, I love, love, love your work. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, all right, I'm all (laughs) over the place. I got so many questions. I got so many questions. Yes. Okay. Um, how did you get started? Obidiet, what did you, did you know you want to be a designer when you were, when you were a little girl and how did you get started? Yes. So I definitely was always creative. I always loved creative things. I was a dancer as a child. So I just love like expressing myself creatively. And, you know, I learned into, um, but in school I loved math and I loved art. So I remember, you know, being like, high school and I'm going on a college tour and I heard the architecture and I wasn't exactly sure what it was but I was like oh that sounds kind of fun so when I realized it kind of combined my love of math and art I was like I'm gonna do this and so I majored in architecture I got um, my master's in it as well and worked for a few firms and then you know decided a little bit and so that's when I found interior design again did my research realized that I kind of had most of the skills that I needed to um, pivot, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I needed a few additional skills. And so, yeah, I just started working for family and friends and it's turned into a career. Oh my God. That's awesome. So 
I'm so jealous of anybody, especially, well, more importantly, women that love math. <laughs> because it was <laughs> yes. It was not my strong suit growing up, and it still isn't now. It's, it's a better friend. It was more folk, so I'm, I'm grateful. Um, sure. So, so this is so interesting because everybody thinks architecture and design is the same thing, and it kind of really isn't because you have to go mm. to school for two different things. Did you find that it was easier because of your architectural background to be able to like just glide and slide over into design? A hundred percent. So I, I, I. I love architecture and will always love architecture. Um, architecture is definitely more so like life safety, right? Like the building right. has to be safe. You know, you have occupants coming in, like, you know, things have to have standards. And so, but with that, I felt like some of the design aspects were just a little rigid and I wanted to just express myself more creatively with environment. So that's kind of how I got to interior design. Um, so I would say the space planning part of interior design, totally I get from my architecture background, mm -hmm. um, just the love of like connecting the interiors to the architecture of the space. So I look at the ceilings, I look at any details, you know, of the exterior of the building. Like I actually, I think that that's makes me a better interior designer because I, um, celebrate the architecture of the space as well. It's not just about the interior. So I kind of connect the two. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of think that makes me unique, you know, in this, in this field. No, it, it really does. Um, <sighs> and that's part of designing is space planning, which is really a major, you know, like a major part of it. Yes. Um, and that people, if you look, can get wrong a lot. And Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Scale is everything, people. Know the space. Scale is everything. <laughs> well, and, you know, you know, I hate to say this, but what I find is that architects really are terrible interior designers. So they yes. don't think about the finished. No. They don't no. think about I, the finished I, product. You know, they don't think about, like, <laughs> I've seen some projects where on every single wall, there'll be a window, a door. You know, and I'm like, where is the focal point? Where is the TV go? Where, you know, they just right, don't think right. sometimes. So I, I like that I'm able to connect the two so I can, you know, make it more functional. I'm glad you said that because it is funny. I recall um, when I was interning uh, at Bunny Williams, that's when I really learned mm -hmm. the difference and how much the designers leaned on the architect and the architect leaned on the designer because both of us have our own... Um, values that we bring to the table that's not yes right. you understand what I'm saying mm -hmm. so to to you really need both people yes. to you know um, to make your space or your home or your building whatever it is really flawless and work for everyone because yes. we yes think of something that you know an architect like you wouldn't and then you'll think of something that a designer like me wouldn't think of and that's just that's just the beauty of it I I love working with architects I totally totally agree and the other part of that is like we really think about the end use so that day when the client sits on the couch and puts their feet up and wants to charge their phone nearby, right? Now they've, you know, designed this, you know, very expensive home and there's nowhere to charge their phone nearby. Like I think about just the 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 in use. And so you almost kind of like backtrack, like you have to ask clients what they want, how they live, and then kind of design from the end to the beginning. So yeah. Yes. That's yeah, a lot of people don't. It's very interesting. <laughs> And I'm always like, I mean, I walk into rooms and I'm like, okay, uh -huh. that's, 
all right, whatever, you know, and I uh, just, I was like, that, that part missed. Okay, how did you get your, once you realize working for all these firms and you're like, you know what, it's time for me to open up my own um, studio and make it amazing. How did you find your first client? Was it easy or was it like, who was your first person to really say, just go for it? Yeah, it's so funny you asked that. So I felt like, you know, when I called myself an architect or, you know, I was, I wasn't, I'm not licensed, but, you know, when mm -hmm. I told people I did architecture, no one really knew what to do with that. Um, <laughs> and as soon as I quote rebranded into interior design, the phone started ringing and I'm like, I do this. I still have the same skills. I'm, I'm doing the same thing, but it's a rebrand. And so, yes, it's, it's, similar but different so I would say like um definitely my first clients were uh close friends and uh -huh. they were doing their kitchen and you know they wanted you know to work with me so I was excited um also did a basement so you know it's almost like just those that learning curve of your first project knowing what types of you know materials and drawing tractors to work with what what to do what not to do so you know, I definitely like had a had a learning curve there, but you know, they were friends, so they understood that this was my first time doing it. Um, I would say the biggest takeaway is take tons of pictures because the pictures, like that was what almost twelve years ago, thirteen years mm -hmm. ago. The pictures still live today. Like, take great pictures. So I was taking my own pictures at the time, but you know, like it was. It's just helpful to to show where you started from and then like where you're going. Okay, so let's talk about Grand Boulevard, Greystone. That's, mm -hmm. tell me all about that because I feel, yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my God, I could like this, I could just live here. <laughs> yes. So that was a project we completed last year. We loved working with that client. Um, a married couple with young children, uh, I'm sorry, teenage children um, in the Grand Boulevard area of Chicago. And so it all started, they have a front room that, that's probably the picture you're seeing with the library. Oh, love and it. They wanted. They called it the Black Excellence Library. So the goal was to have and feature um, Black Excellence authors and um, just everything Black Excellence in that library. So we literally had to work with the client to specify exactly what titles would go where on the shelves, what yeah. should be next to each other. Some should be more prominent than others. She really wanted her daughters to come into that room, grab a book or plug in an iPad and just like be immersed in black culture. And so that was the starting point for the rest of the house. Oh my goodness. And, and I love their books because I have hood feminism. I was yeah. like, and I also have black futures <laughs> and I have, yes. all books. but you know, that's, that's par for the course. That's par for the course. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. So working through with this, was it more of a collaboration or they just allowed you to like, once they, they said, here are the titles, go do your thing or were they like, I really want to be involved? This, that particular project was more so a collaboration because she had specific requests for certain titles to go in certain places. So we, we designed the room around that. And then once it came time for accessorizing that space, she was very hands-on with that part. So it was actually kind of great because, you know, she, she's going to be using the room daily. Um, I wanted her to make sure that she had input as to what goes where. And that was actually really fun for her. And I'm sure to this day, she's moving stuff around because, you know, sometimes you either get new titles or, you know, you want to just refresh the front. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm like looking at all of your work. I, because I, I, I've been looking at it, but now that you're here, I have so many questions and I just love it. The Indiana Cape Cod. Yeah. Ooh, tell me about that. 
So we just, we finished that one actually last year, but we just uh, shot the photos for it. So it's an oldie, I would say, but a goodie. Um, yeah, this project was a new, pretty much a new construction in Indian, outside of Indianapolis. And um, the client is a male bachelor who, you know, just loves all things fabulous, but still like very modern and, and restrained. So this is kind of a collaboration of that. So, you know, I thought the, the focal point for us was like these green chairs and the dining room, they just make such a statement and it still feels like a neutral, you know, we didn't go too crazy, but um, we just wanted to like embrace the architecture of the home and yeah, bring in some natural materials. Um, we kind of over accessorized this one because I, I thought it needed, it, it could use that extra layer. So we did mm -hmm. a few more accessories. Um, I would say my favorite room is the master bedroom in this project. Um, <gasps> like that wallpaper just is so cozy, so it, it actually changes with the day, with the light in the room during the day. Uh -huh, so it kind of looks a little more green, a little more gold, a little more olive. Like it's just so dynamic. Oh my goodness. You really put your foot in this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to say it. Okay. Um, I'm going to pivot a little because I'm very, I, I'm always interested in how people run their business and how they, they go, yeah. okay, just me, but it's busy now. Yes. And yes. I need to hire and bring people on. When did you realize, okay, I can't do this by myself anymore. I need, I need a team. And how oh did my. you go finding the right people for your team? Because that's crucial. So this is my favorite topic. And this is like, I could talk for hours on this. So <clears throat> I would say for about eight years, I did pretty much everything myself. Um, mm -hmm. Every now and then I would decide to hire an intern and I would do it completely the wrong way. So I would hire the intern or hire, you know, someone to assist me and then give them a ton of work. Right. Because I thought <laughs> if you're working with me, you can do all the things I don't want to do. And then I'm happy. Well, that's overwhelming. Number one, <laughs> I was not training anyone. And I just was kind of throwing them in the pool and seeing if they could swim. And it almost always ended in disaster. Either I was not satisfied with the with the result I was getting, the you know assistant was not satisfied with you know me, and it just was a disaster. So I definitely developed trust trust issues from that. Um, okay. You know, I just was like, well, how am I going to bring someone into my business if 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 I can't figure this out? So what right. I started to realize is that training is everything, and people don't want to come into a situation that is unorganized and chaotic. True. Even if that's their job to fix. So, um, you know, COVID happened and everything just took a, a back seat. And actually during COVID, I was definitely considering just what am I doing? I'm burnt out. You know, the world <laughs> was ending. And I just I definitely like got uh, really introspective with, with with what's going on. So I kind of took a break. And I got one client, I took a break for probably about six to eight months. And then I got one client and I was like, okay, I can handle this one client. At the very same time, I got a resume in my inbox for someone looking to be a design assistant. And I said, okay, let's just try this person. We'll do one project and see how it goes. And she killed. And I was like, okay, let's do another one. And she killed that too. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> like, it, you just need to do more baby steps. You can't just throw everything no, it's true. It's a at lot. someone. Yeah. And slowly but surely, like, 
that was about two years ago. Like now we finish each, each other's sentences. We, we, we work well together because we built that relationship, like mm-hmm. because we took it slow, you know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of a high level. No, I love that. Here. You know, and what you said is something that we all do. We yeah. bring one on, we, we, we just unfortunately expect them to know this industry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We operate. And then we just go right into it. It's like, well, didn't you call the client? <laughs> it's sure. like, well, you train them on your processes yes. and your systems and how things work. Did yes. you walk through, is there a booklet, a pamphlet that says, you know, here's how we work at, you know, uh, BLD. <laughs> People Absolutely. understand that. So when I speak to designers and they're like, no, I just don't trust anyone. I was like, you're not allowing yourself to trust mm-hmm. everyone. You can't do everything. You're going to get burned out and then you're going to hate this industry. And right. here's something that people don't realize either. I know when people hear you're an architect slash interior designer and they go, oh my gosh, you do interior design? Like they think it's all fun and, you know, wonderful. Right. And, yeah, look, you're laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, it's 10% design and 90% chasing paper and being on, on the job sites, like working yes. with your trades and making sure they execute mm-hmm. your vision. Absolutely. And so, yes, you're 100% right with all of that. Um, you know, the trust, is, but it's also like, you have to ask yourself, how badly do you want to grow? How much more can you take on? Like your mental health should not be worth your trust issues. I mean, it's, it's a relationship, it, you know, romantic relationships, work relationships, they all take work. And they all take you stepping out of your ego, and figuring mm-hmm. out what it is that you can do better to back into this because I lost you for a quick second. Let's talk about the trust issues and growing the business. Yes. So what's your best advice? (laughs) Yes. So, you know, the trust issues thing is real and I totally understand. I would say my advice for that is, you know, all relationships are going, I guess all relationships have to evolve. Right. And so even romantic relationships, friend relationships, like you have to figure out, are you in the way of making this relationship successful. So I had to take a step back in my business and understand why all of these internship or assistants were crashing and burning. And I was the connector. I was the cause pretty much. So, um, you know, like I said before, people don't like to come into chaotic and stressful situations. You have to, you know, make it an exciting and just get smaller, smaller chunks at a time and really let them grow with the business. So that was what I did. And, you know, I have great um, designers that work with me now that just understand our style. I think that was a big one. Like I was nervous to figure Mm -hmm. out how they would understand my style. Mm -hmm. And, but it took time and it took trust and it took us working together. And she's got it now about two years later, like she's, 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 more to our style than I can. And I love that. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Now, here's the other thing. I see you have a finance person on your team. That is the smartest. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Explain to the people why you need someone that handles your books and it not be you. <laughs> okay. So there's two layers to that. So again, I, you know, it took me about eight, nine years to figure all this out. And that's why I love your podcast because you're helping people with shortcuts. Like you're helping people 
don't don't do what I did. Do not take nine years <laughs> thinking you can do it yourself to figure it out. Okay. So um it took two things. Number one, getting a bookkeeper. Um, highly, highly recommend. You cannot change what you don't track. And so I was not tracking expenses well. So you have to have a bookkeeper and that's separate from my operations manager. So um the operations manager, you know, full disclosure is one of my best friends. Running in the business and she was like how can I help you and I was like look we got the design together you know the client is happy and then I was I, at that point I was in charge of ordering and right. you know I I thought or I, I knew there were lead times so I wasn't in a rush I wasn't right. you know giving the client updates and so the client this particular client was getting upset that I wasn't telling him every I wasn't communicating regularly after he paid the invoice and the design was was done and i'm right. thinking well the design is done what why do you need to hear from me over and over again you want me to tell you things are still on their way like i didn't understand and right. so i had to put she had to bring me back down and say listen when people give you a large sum of money they want to hear from you period yes. <laughs> and i just i realized i just didn't have i'm a business and you know everything else with the business i don't have time to order i don't have time to communicate with the client i don't have time to deal with tracking i just that's just not the best use of my time um right. i should be doing revenue generating activity so she came on she handles all of that so everything after the design is approved and the and the invoice is paid she takes and runs with she's um she has a really unique set of experiences, her background in hospitality management. So she's all about experience, customer service, um, just that that level. And um, she also has MBA and she uh, used to do logistics in a warehouse. So Ooh. she knows like how, you know, last mile receivers, she understands, you know, shipping and receiving, which is a whole nother part of our business. So I am eternally grateful that she stepped in to help me out. And whether she stays with us, you know, long-term or not, I think that she can now train the next person to do a role like that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's, that's <laughs> brilliant. She is absolutely yeah. right. I always tell people that because that's what um, my former mentor had said to me. She's like, when you take someone's money, you are in business. You are yeah. responsible. You cannot just take the money and just fall off the face of the earth. My mm -hmm. business coach was like, you must send out weekly emails. Yes, Even if there's yes. nothing to report, let them exactly. know, let them have it and explain mm -hmm. to them like bullet point what happened that week. And so what makes it easier for me, if I can share, is that yes. as I'm doing the work, I'm, I have an email that's open up a draft so I can just put a bullet point. So this way, when I send the email, I'm not trying to think back what I did for the week because my mind oh, is- Oh, so that's crappy. really smart. You that's know? really smart. Yeah, my mind is crap at the end of the week because I'm like, okay, I know I did a couple of things, but if I only list three things and I actually did seven, it kind of looks like, you know, oh, you know, I just want them to be informed because I have to tell you it is a pet peeve of mine and my business coach has taught me this. If they come back and ask you a question about where's this or what's going on with that, mm. you Yes, it's like they absolutely. should not be asking you. And I it was a really hard pill to swallow because mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, sometimes you just don't remember. She's like, you, you've got to. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I, yes. I, did, I just did collect a check for like 400,000. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think they, they gave me the money. Um, yes. 
Yes. Or those answers, you can connect them to someone that 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 does keep track of that stuff. So, you know, I realized I was the bottleneck in some of those communications, meaning like I've moved on. I have got this and that and a million other things to do. And I may not be near my email every minute of the day, but you need someone near your near their email every minute of the day because when that client emails, they expect a response. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, yep. Mm-hmm. And I I will tell you that too. I have to block out time for when I am um, sending emails to clients and reading email as well, because just like you, we're busy running around, going to different projects, working with trades, Mm -hmm. meeting with vendors, you know, on job sites. And well, forget it. When you're on a job site, you're not thinking about anything else but that job site and what's missing and you're so focused. And when you walk away, at least (laughs) when I do, because my clients are out of town and I go back to the hotel room, First thing I want to do is just like take a shower and put on my pajamas because it's just such a day on site. And I'm just like, oh God. And I always say, I'll I'll sit down, I'll do email tonight, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'll get tired and I'll like I'm I'll do it in the morning. (laughs) Every time. Tomorrow never comes. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't. And then the only time you do is like if you're really if I'm at the airport and I'm like, okay, let me go through and look at emails, and I'm like, oh God yes, I promised this, or I said this, and they don't know, or oh, I needed that today. Like, you just have to be a little bit more on top of it. And and if you can just allot an hour to yourself, or even 30 minutes, and be like, okay, this is time to review emails real quickly, and see, and, and respond, and not quickly, because I have a habit, and I will say, responding quickly, and then going, oh, I've got to answer that too. So, you know. <laughs> people just yes, I think for me, I, yes, I, I took myself out of the communication part of it because I realized I'm great at sales communication. So, you know, the client could text me all night long if I'm trying to convince them to work with us. And then as soon <laughs> as they sign, I've mentally moved on, right? Like, because that is so many brilliant. Things, you know, and so I realized I am not the next person they should be talking to. They should be talking to the next part. So like I have to I hand it off and that has just saved me, my sanity and my business, quite frankly, because, you know, I need clients to be happy about what's happening in their project. No, that makes sense. What is the mm-hmm. biggest lesson that you have learned being an entrepreneur and running your own firm? That is a great question. I would just say um, how important tracking and uh, data and measurable goals are. Um, and again, this is based on, um, you know, 10 years of experience. Just, I was, I feel like I was uh, surviving those mm. 10 years and not thriving because I was, I did not have my financials together. I did not have uh, any measurable data. I didn't know where my leads came from. I didn't know, I wasn't paying myself. I didn't know how much I was making. I didn't know how much I could pay. And so it's just so important. It's important to be able to run um, a, a project profit sheet and see what you've made off of this project with the, with, with the snap of a finger, not, you know, taking two days to fi- just click, click, click. Um, and, and once you do that, now you can set goals. So now you can say, okay, this project, didn't go so well and I can see the numbers. I can see that, you know, we barely hit, you know, 30% margin. So now the next project I want to hit 40% margin. And now everything, because you've set that goal, everything that you do is going to make sure you hit that new margin. 
because you've written down the goal. So if you don't have goals and you don't track, you don't know where you are. You can't improve. You can't, you can't do anything except for stay the same. And who wants to stay the same? Or just run around in a circle and not understand <laughs> where the problem is. I mean, you're like a dog yeah. with a tail trying to figure it out. I yep. have to tell you, um, I use Studio Designer and I work with my accountant. It has been a game changer. Me I too. Me and too. Like, what was I doing before and how come I didn't know about this? <sighs> I was like, this I, is, I, it's so amazing. <laughs> I, I joke and I say studio is like the Tesla of, of software. So I've tried my Doma. I, I was with Ivy for a while. Um, but like studio is just the most customizable um, robust software. Yes, oh. ro very robust. And so, so yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that I just had a conversation with my accountant and I was like, really? That client owes me that? She's like, yes. I was like, are you sure they paid it? And then she gave me the breakdown. She's just mm. in front of me and showed me. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, and it's so yeah. important to have that because I almost left $30,000 on the table. See, see, it's, yeah. That's oh, when, I, when I think back on how, on how much money I left on the table over the years, <laughs> it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> because you're like, I worked so and yeah. I like you just can't it's the other thing too having conversations with designers and they're like oh do you share your discount do you discuss discount I said I don't this uh, you know markups and all I said I don't discuss that with my clients I said because if no. they go if they go thank you if they go out to dinner they you know they're not going well how much did that steak cost you and how much is the margin and, and what am I paying exactly. for none of that I said they walk into Pottery Barn they'll walk into mm -hmm. Beach. there's no discussion of how much they purchased it for and how much mm -hmm. of it can talk about the discount you're going to get but trust and believe they are still making money on that that's right i always say we charge retail and that's it there's there's not even a discount above or, or below retail we charge retail that's the oh. easiest way to keep it consistent it's it's too confusing any other way girl that's it that's all I'm, like if i do get asked i will say that we charge retail yes yeah. Next question. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we're moving on. <laughs> yep. Moving on. Yes. It's just so interesting. So I can ask you this. How did business change for you after George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor? Oh. Yes. Um, you know, that was such a surreal time. Like I even just thinking about it now, I'm like, we lived through revolutionary <laughs> Yes. experiences. Um, I remember posting on my social media and just historically, I, I probably t uh, tended to stay away from race and mm -hmm. religion talks and, you know, just mm -hmm. anything that's sort of glaring like that. But mm -hmm. once that happened, it's like, like, what do you stand for? You know, mm -hmm. and if I can't say what I stand for personally and in my business and you take it or, or don't like it like we just shouldn't be working together period and so I remember like posting on my on my business page you know something about I think it was Breonna Taylor or George Floyd one of them and you know I was nervous but then I, it just felt so right in my heart like I have to say what I stand for otherwise I don't stand for anything you know and and I was paying attention to who else around me was doing the same you know if you were silent or or not and it just it I made mental notes like okay I, I know this person 
is is not standing in their truth. So yeah, it definitely it, it made me just open my eyes and not be afraid to speak up. Um, also, I feel like for you know the first history, it was like cool to be black. You know, like <laughs> it was just like yes. like all races were saying black. But you know, like before it was like oh black. You know, like a yeah. like a whisper. Yeah. And it was like, no, be, we could be proud to be black. So that was like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it yeah. sounds silly, but that's, that's oh. true. That's how I felt. No, but this, it's, you're right. And that's what changed. Like I walk in the fullness yes. of yes. who I am now, where before yes. it's like, you know, we, we, we wanted to make sure we entered the room and we didn't ruffle feathers and, you know, right. um, you know, we didn't want to upset people and, you know, we would have an outburst, or, you know, what they considered an outburst, but it's like you were sharing your truth. And then it was like, she's, she's um, difficult and, you know, whatever, yeah. Had all the other uh, adjectives that they would love to use. And then now yeah. it's just, here I am in my fullness. Yeah. I'm main yes. character. Up. Yes, you know? main character energy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and, mm-hmm. and I feel like if we don't, we, we have so many tools now, especially with social media. So if we don't feel welcome in a particular group or space, we can, with, with the hashtag, easily find 10 other designers that look like us, that talk like us, group established in two days. Like, it's Absolutely. no longer like, I don't know anyone that looks like me. No, we, we're, we're, we can now be connected beyond our, our circle. So I love that part too. I do too. I I just love it so much. Um, mm-hmm. Well, this is off topic, but I'll just share. If you haven't seen The Woman King yet, it is absolutely amazing. And yes, I've a, seen it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> I literally watch it every day because there's something mm-hmm. in there. Like it, I just feel pride, right? But mm-hmm. it's also like it's it's a it's just joy and watching. And there's so many nuggets in there that happen where they're like, you know, when the, was it Izogi was speaking to the young lady and was saying, you know, basically like, don't get caught up in guys, know who mm. are, know your power. And that's, that's what I feel like that has awakened for us. It's like, know your power, know who you yes. are and stand mm-hmm. in it and stand, stand with joy and stand for the ancestors. Like even hearing the gentlemen speak last night, you know, with their rebuttal, and the way they were speaking, I said to my girlfriend, I was like, oh my God, it's like Martin Luther King Jr. Like you can hear the voice, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, like the voices that we have heard of him growing up, you know, and right. then now hear one of these guys speak. And I, I said to my girlfriend, I said, they have tapped in the ancestors are here. <laughs> I was like, the ancestors Man. are out and we are going to be moving forward. I was like, it, it has been, <laughs> notice has been served. <laughs> well, we need that now, now more than ever. So come on back, ancestors, and yes. show us the way because it's 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 the wild, wild west out here. Oh my God, insane! Mm-hmm. So before I go, I have one last question. How do your clients find you? Yes. Yeah, so most of our clients, and actually we track this, so I can actually speak from actuals. Um, most of our clients are, are word of mouth. Oh yes, we track everything. Uh, <laughs> word of mouth, right? So nine, I would say ninety percent are word of mouth. Um, I am born and raised in Chicago. Have lots of you know ties and connections here through so many different circles. I try to make sure that you know I'm in different circles. Uh, word of mouth, and then we just try to be really active on social media um, and have great 
picture. So our social media is uh, Instagram is at brooke.lang.design. And we're also on Facebook. And our website is brooklang.com, L-A-N-G. Wow. Thank you so much, Brooke. This has been really amazing. Everything will be in the show notes and you have to come back on again. I would love to. I have so many thoughts. So I just really appreciate the opportunity and look forward to talking with you soon. No problem. Have a great day. Thank you, Brooke. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Design Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gail M. Davis. I really appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It is super important and will help people to find where we are located. And the Design Perspectives podcast is also available on Design Network Platform. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day.